The reading this morning is from the 18th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 13th verse. The next day Moses sat as judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw that all he was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You should represent the people before God and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God are trustworthy and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men from all Israel and appointed them as heads over the people, as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. Hard cases they brought to Moses, but any minor case they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went off to his own country. Word of God, word of life. Thank you, Bob. God's grace and peace to all of you today, amen. Even if you went to church, Every single day, you would never hear this story. The group of scholars who created the collection of appointed Bible readings, we call it the Revised Common Lectionary, for each Sunday and the church holidays, decided not to include this one. What a miss. I'm glad we get to hear it today. We get to hear a lot about Moses. He saw one of his fellow friends being murdered by an Egyptian, and so he went and murdered him and buried him in the sand, and then ran away to avoid punishment. And one day he is alone in the hills herding sheep, and something catches his eye. There was a fire up ahead, a flame held within a bush that didn't burn up. 
Moses went to get a closer look, and God spoke to Moses in that fire and called him to lead the Israelite people from slavery under the wrath of Pharaoh to freedom. Moses scoffed at the invitation. I'm not a public speaker. I stutter. I have never led people before, and I'm a little intimidated by Pharaoh. And still, Moses decided to take the next step, and God showed up. God continued to speak to Moses, and God acted as God had promised. And where we pick up today, the Israelites have been freed from Pharaoh. They have miraculously crossed the Red Sea, making their way to the land that God has promised. Moses is in the center of this all. Not only the liaison between God and God's people, Moses is also holding this community together, acting as the judge for all the disputes among these thousands of people. Enter in Jethro, who is not an Israelite, but a Midianite priest, and he also happens to be Moses' father-in-law. He reunites Moses with his wife and kids, and he comes to stay a while. Jethro, not in the know of all that God and Moses have talked about, not involved in all that has been established thus far, makes a clear, unbiased observation. He tells his son-in-law, you are not on your own able to take on all that you are doing. It's not good for you, and it's not good for God's people. Quite bluntly, he said, Moses, this cannot be all about you. Invite, equip, and delegate some of your work to others who are committed and invested. It says in the scripture, trustworthy and capable. This will allow you to be where you need to be, and it will raise up leaders among you. Moses did as Jethro recommended. The community found its way, and I think Moses began to sleep a little better at night. Up to this point, Moses had listened to the direct words of God before he ever took action. Interesting, isn't it, that God does not speak in these verses we hear today. God never commanded Moses to delegate. Could it be that other people, often people outside of our inner circles, can also be a part of speaking truth in creating the just, thriving communities that God intends? This week, I reached out to Kathy Mays, Executive Director of Loaves and Fishes, and Michelle Ness, Executive Director of PRISM, both organizations' community partners of Mount Olivet, and I asked them, can you describe a time where another voice impacted your leadership and extended the impact and visions of the organizations you lead? Here are their words from Kathy Mays 
at Loaves and Fishes. It was around 3 a.m. We had already weathered nine pandemic months. It was cold and dark and I couldn't sleep. I was struggling. My plate felt like a human resource platter. Each one of the Loaves and Fishes staff needed their own private working session with me on how to proceed with the changing times. And they had staff themselves that they were directing that were asking similar questions. Let's not even ignore the increased demands of meals and operations. The layers felt deep, hard, and I needed a plan. So I got up. I pulled up our organizational chart and I realized that we had built an amazing organization and yet I was still holding all of the responsibilities and managing too many people. I started tinkering and dreaming and I built a new chart that was manageable and gave more leadership to others. It freed me from knowing the things I should not even know or should have known. From Michelle Ness at PRISM. In 2014, PRISM was going through a life cycle, growing pains. I had to do some right-sizing and much of the staff had turned over. I chose to make time, however, for nurturing relationships in the community. When I met the chief operating officer at the Jewish Family and Children's Services, we immediately hit it off and had many great coffee conversations about our work, the nonprofit sector, and opportunities for each of us to work smarter. I had received words of warning from other colleagues about the perils of working alongside larger organizations. And while I didn't fully agree with their assessment, I remember noticeable skepticism. Within a year, PRISM and the Jewish Family and Children's Services had a shared staff member who brought ideas, resources, and sheer people power to our small operation. We were down to about seven on staff at that time. She had shared with me that one of their board members was particularly interested in hunger and wanted a tour of PRISM, and so I welcomed it. Within two years, this man had agreed to buy or build a new building to house both PRISM and the Jewish Family Children's Services. His generosity has been unmatched. For Kathy Mays, the voice came in a restless night's sleep. For Michelle, someone from the outside of the PRISM community with a similar passion to confront food insecurity. God was never mentioned in either of these conversations, but clearly the work of the organizations are God's work about feeding people, creating just and whole lives, calling people, called to serve people, to build community. That's God's vision. Mount Olivet, if we really want to live our vision, to be a community partnering with God in the world, 
we will need to trust the voices, the partners, the generosity we are yet to meet or find within ourselves. Or maybe like Moses, it will be as close as an in-law. The church, its pastors and leaders, can't think that they hold all the insights, the management skills, or the vision on their own to usher in the world God promises. The world is changing by the minute. Now, God's word and call may come through your red-letter Bible. It may come in your time of quiet prayer. And it also will be made known in the voices of people we would never expect. The church has many inefficiencies and blind spots. Where are there places for us to delegate right now? Where is there space to partner? Where is there space to listen? To the quiet voice that speaks to you as you lay awake at 3 a.m. in the meeting of someone new who shares a passion or an idea. You just never know where God will be found. And it takes guts to act, to change, to let go, to move out of the way when everything else around you feels so scarce. Mom Olivet, I've talked about this before. We're spending time listening this fall. We want to make visible your experiences while we were physically separate. And we also want to hear from you. What do you see? Where is the church being called? What are you noticing? And where are you called to step in and create, empower, and build? Did you note the words in verse 24? Moses listened to Jethro. Listening is an act of love, and I would say a way to our future. And I also ask this in your life, in your work, in your family, in the organizations that you choose to invest. Who are you called to meet? Who are you called to listen to? Whose voice will come to create more possibility, to push you to be generous, to make real this world that God intends? My wise Old Testament professor, Terry Fretheim, wrote, God often makes use of the wisdom, insight, and imagination and common sense of the Jethro's of this world to make the divine will known to be of assistance to the community and the furtherances of divine purposes. Jethro is never mentioned again after this Bible story. I guess Moses could have taken all the credit. Thankfully, someone wrote the story down, and thankfully, we continue to tell it. Amen.